This episode is brought to you by Meerkat Village. Being a special needs parent often requires a superhuman ability to manage a ton of different things all at once. Between work, school, doctor's appointments, therapies, our own self-care, and anything else life can throw at us, it can be tough to manage all this stuff. And don't even get me started on trying to keep everyone communicating with each other because that seems to be impossible sometimes. But Meerkat Village can help. They say it takes a village, and this is especially true for special needs families. Meerkat Village is a platform for Android and iOS that helps to keep everyone in your village communicating and coordinating their efforts to support your child. Whether you're tracking a child's progress at school or brainstorming new strategies to help with behavioral concerns, Meerkat Village helps everyone stay connected and on the same page. It's all done inside one easy-to-use HIPAA and FERPA-compliant app. For more information, visit meerkatvillage.com. That's M-E-E-R-K-A-T-V-I-L-L-A-G-E.com. Welcome to the Autism Dad Podcast. I'm Rob Gorski. As a single dad to three amazing autistic kids, I've been the go-to resource for parents across the globe navigating neurodivergence since 2010. Building on the success of my award-winning blog, The Autism Dad, this podcast provides parents raising autistic or neurodivergent kids with comfort, community, resources, and validation. You'll also hear inspiring stories from parents just like you, reminding you that you're not alone. So don't miss out. New episodes drop every Monday and Wednesday. Subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app and visit theautismdad.com for more information. On this week's episode of the Autism Dad podcast, we're going to kick off a new series that I have been trying to get going for, feels like forever, uh, and I just haven't had a bandwidth to follow up on it. So we're going to launch it today, and I haven't come up with like this, like a final title yet, but it's basically just like a, like a mini series that's going to be kind of a parent resource where I just highlight something that I've come across that I think is really cool. And I think it can benefit families like mine. So this would include, you know, maybe organizations, nonprofits, um, products, services, uh, supports, things like that, that, that I have, I've checked out on my end and I've used with my family. And I want to share it with you guys because I think maybe it'll help. Uh, not everything will be a good fit for everyone, but that's not the point. The point is to make you aware of options that are out there. And I think that's important, right? And that's one of the things that I've been trying to do for years and this is a good way to do it. So we're going to kick things off with a company called Kinjo. And Joanna Lovejoy is here to talk about it and help us understand what it is and how it works and how they are working to help uh, autistic kids. So basically, Kinjo is uh, an app that works with the game Roblox and helps parents to sort of better curate what their kids are doing on there. And they can pick things that help to build skills and, uh, you know, Kenjo monitors what the kids are doing and it helps the parents better understand so they can have, uh, you know, better, more effective communication about gaming with their kids and it helps to promote positive screen time. So very, very cool. I've been using it here for the last couple of weeks. So, uh, thank you all for taking the time to tune in. I really appreciate it. And, uh, I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I really appreciate it. This is the very first like, uh, resource kind of addition episode that I'm doing. And, and the idea behind these is to, to just bring a, a resource to the attention of parents who might benefit from it, right? So uh, could you take a second, kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. Uh, my name is Joanna Lovejoy. Uh, formerly, I worked in K-12 education at a startup school here in Austin before transitioning into product management. I was hired um, really for my expertise in education to work with Kinjo. 
All right. So I have had the opportunity to play around with Kinjo and I am really kind of excited about this because I've never seen anything like this. And we've had a couple of conversations over the last, I don't know, month or so. And uh, I was really excited to record this because I, I feel like there's so much potential to helping parents and kids. Uh, so can we can we talk a little bit about what Kinjo is? Yes. Uh, so right now, Kinjo is two parts. Uh, we have an app available uh, for iOS devices, um, and this is really geared for kids between 5 and 12. Our app has a curated selection of Roblox games that have been evaluated and scored by our education team. Um, we are looking for games with high complexity and high uh, life skills. So the ability to kind of um, help kids uh, go through, we have four main skills. Uh, mm -hmm. So we look at executive functioning, memory, uh, social cognition, and psychomotor speed. Um, so within each of those categories, we have subgenres of life skills that are um, looked at and evaluated for the games. Okay. And so this is so cool, guys. So for those of you who aren't familiar with Roblox, Roblox is one of the most popular games on the planet and it has been forever. Hugely popular in the autism community for, for one thing. And with that kind of younger generation of, of kids. And it, it's like kind of an endless opportunity within that game. So like there's, there's tons of like mini games that exist inside of the Roblox universe, right? Yes. So right now Roblox has 40 million games on their platform. And um, I think cow. the equivalent for parents, especially if you're like familiar with the gaming space is Roblox is basically steam, but for kids. So developers, um, can basically upload their game. Um, and then if you are on Roblox, you can play pretty much any game that's available on there, sometimes mm -hmm. for a low cost in Robux, um, but most of the time for free. And so and so what you guys have done is you've sort of curated playlists, right? So, so you've gone through and you've you've pulled out a bunch of games that are inside of the Roblox universe and analyzed them to see how like what they're teaching kids or what kids are learning from playing these things. So that it's not just about like mindless screen time. You can basically, if, if you're a parent and you want to have your child work on some specific life skill or, um, you know, whatever you can, you could search Kinjo and, and find games that meet that criteria and then either suggest those to your kids, or it could be like, Hey, if you guys want to play Roblox, here's a list of games within Roblox that you guys can play. So, so it's not just about mindless screen time. It's, it's educational and, and you're sort of leveraging your kid's desire to play Roblox anyways. Right. I mean, honestly, you kind of taking advantage of that natural gravity that, that kids have towards video games and kind of maximizing the potential for them to learn something that they need in life from that game. Definitely. I think, you know, uh, one of our primary things that we want to address with parents is that there is a lot of guilt around having your kids be on screens in general. Mm -hmm. And Kinjo by no means is advocating for more screen time, but really we are advocating for intentional screen time. Um, and I think something, you know, that kind of bleeds into this, um, which is a pretty common behavioral therapy principle, is that Kinjo is really about differentiated reinforcement. So we want to meet kids where they're at. What are they intrinsically motivated by? 
And how can we shape this like leisure activity um, to be reinforcing and to, to really drive kids to kind of take ownership of the time and make it more productive? Okay. So can you give an example of of what this would look like in real life. So like if I'm a parent and I wanted my child to learn a specific task, can you give an example of kind of how things are broken down? And I mean, maybe not the name of the game itself, but like, you know, you, you know what I mean? Like how, how it works or how parents could utilize this in, in their daily life. Absolutely. So, um, if you are subscribed to Kinjo as a parent, um, you have certain customization options available to you. These customization options on our end are called elements, um, which basically allows parents to kind of toggle things that they want on or off. Um, So you could highlight games in the executive functioning space. If you really want your child to practice time management, for example, you could boost time management, which will put all of our time management rated games at the top. Um, from a child perspective, it's going to feel very intuitive to the Roblox uh, platform. So we have our games broken down by genre and subgenre. Um, mm-hmm. So when they're um, selecting a game, all they're going to see on their end is, you know, oh, this game is at the top of the list and it's a five flame or it's a four flame. In action, what we've done is we have actually been able to measure the complexity and the learning inside the game. Um, A great example and probably my favorite example is when we look at games called roguelites. Um, These games typically have um, a character running through an obstacle um, under a time crunch. And um, along the way of getting through this obstacle, they are collecting loot and battling enemies. Um, Roguelites have a very interesting complex element, which is called permadeath. And essentially what this means is that when the player dies, they lose all of their um, progress. Now, mm-hmm. in a really good roguelite, what we'll see is permadeath with another com- uh, complexity mechanic called um, procedural generation. Okay. And essentially what that means is that the map changes. So when we are looking at your child's behavior um, and you've selected that you want executive functioning at the top of the list, for example, Maybe this roguelite pops up and in our executive functioning list, adaptability is one of those ones that you're like, I really want my kid to work on. They have selected this uh, roguelite on their end. They think, man, I'm just playing this game. And as I'm going through it, I'm dying over and over again. Or every time I start over, the map is different. They are in by choosing this game, which they feel like is organic to them, right? It's at the top mm-hmm. of the list. Maybe it became really rated with their friends. Um, they think they're doing what they would do on Roblox. I'm selecting a game that is really interesting to me. What we know is that because you've boosted this game, you know, it's going to show up at the top of the list. Maybe they'll get a little extra coins. And in the process, we know that they're practicing a multitude of life skills, adaptability, because every time I die, I have to come up with a new plan and the map is changing. Um, Resilience or grit, right? Um, If we see that your child has spent a long time on this game, which is something that we measure as time spent in games, we know that they're actively seeking out this challenge. Um, We're looking at complex problem solving. They do not know what to anticipate the next time that game reloads. And so there is a certain amount of um, working memory, right? What have I done before? What worked well? What didn't work? How do I apply it to this new situation to get through? Um, So from the child's perspective, they're playing this game. From the education side, we're able to measure all of these choices that the developers have selected. And we pair that with um, a body of research that basically allows us to measure life skills. Those work together. 
And as a parent, you're getting um, a weekly digest that says, hey, your son or daughter chose to select this game. It was on your promoted list for executive functioning. Here's how they practiced adaptability in the game. Let's tell you a little bit about it. And now all of a sudden you have a much better conversation between mom and dad and, you know, the gamer at hand. So it sort of takes it because I know that there is, uh, there is a lot of not controversy, but well, maybe, maybe controversy is the right word for it about, you know, kids and screen time, right? It's assumed that less screen time is better. And I realize you're not advocating for more screen time, but it's more like better use of the screen time that they're probably already getting anyways. And as a parent, if I know that my kids are benefiting from it, then that's positive screen time, right? And, and I'm less inclined to say no or restrict that time, you know, because, because they're, they're learning something that they need in everyday life. And so when kids are learning these skills in the game, they can then translate that into real life, right? They, they learn that skill, they start building that foundation and can apply those things that they've learned into their everyday life. And they do it without even realizing that they're doing it. That's sort of the point, right? I think, yes, they're going to apply some of these things naturally, but also when you create conversation around parents, I think it helps bridge and make those connections. Um, children, I don't think have the vocabulary necessary to articulate everything that they're doing inside this game. But as an adult, if I am able to equip you with the language that says, hey, this is what they practiced. And, you know, Kinjo provides you kind of this uh, segue, which is how to talk about this in real life. What are what are some ways that you can take the skill out of the game? All of a sudden that that skill becomes reinforced. And the child, I think, you know, when they go back to the game, they're like, oh, I practice this with dad. And all of a sudden you're, you're creating um, better conversation. There's a, a really great scholar who's working in this space, um, Kurt Squire. Um, he has a, an article called Video Games and Learning. But in the first section, he talks about how um, action games actually help with visual acuity and attention. Mm -hmm. And then he talks about how historical stimulations help with um, system understanding. So if your child, for example, likes to play D-Day on Roblox, we know that that's like a significant World War II event. Well, that is a great segue for dad to come in and say, well, let's talk about World War II. What do you know? Basically, Kinjo can highlight these moments inside games for parents to help facilitate this conversation. So that way, when they are in the game, making these um, incredible discoveries and practicing the skills, parents have the language to take it out of the game and say, well, here's how it applies to real life. You want to talk about resource management? Come make dinner with me. So, so it's sort of like a bridge into their children's world, right? Like it, it's helping them to better relate to what their kids are doing in the game. And so they can, they can have conversations and then the parents are able to apply that to everyday life. Absolutely. Of. Okay. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. That that's, that's so cool. That's so cool. Um, how, so how does somebody get set up on this? I think the best way is really for parents to take the lead. Um, mm -hmm. so basically the parent would go to the Kinjo website. Um, we have a section where they can learn more about insights. Um, our insights basically tell parents how much time they're spending on games, what games they're playing, um, it describes the games for them. So just giving them kind of like a, an overview of what the goal of the game is. Mm -hmm. um, it shares the rating and the caveats. So if your child is particularly spooked by things, you know, jumping out or um, maybe dark games, those things would be called out for you. 
Um, they can sign up for the Parent Insights. And then what they would do is they would download the Kinjo app on their iOS device and they provide their child's Roblox username. Uh, so it links their account. And then moving forward, all the kid has to do is jump on Kinjo and basically play games like normal. And then we on the back end are able to track their activity through that Roblox username that they provided. So we can see how much time they're playing, who they're playing with, and, and so on. So then, so basically the only difference for the kids is that they're going to be entering the Roblox world through the Kenjo app instead Correct. of just the way that they had previously. Okay. That's cool. And, and that's easy to, that's easy to do. Yeah. And along the way they earn Kenjo coins, which they can redeem for real prizes. Um, so again, just reinforcing that behavior loop of choosing more meaningful experiences. Okay. So do parents have the ability to restrict certain games within the Roblox universe through, through the Kenjo app? Right now, um, we have restrictions available um, in our product roadmap. Um, so we expect those to be available in the near future. And essentially, this would allow parents to hide specific games or genre or not genres of games, but mm -hmm. um, specific caveats that maybe they um, don't find valuable. Um, so okay. this could be things like first person shooters, or maybe you don't like your child, um, playing games with monsters. Um, mm -hmm. we know that stealth horror is this really popular category. Um, so if your child's particularly prone to nightmares, that may be something that you want to filter out for a while. Okay. Yeah. So you'll be able to filter certain things out in the near future. And, and so then, so basically when you want to think of Kinjo, it's sort of like a layer over top of the Roblox universe that allows you to, to gain insights into what your kids are actually doing and filter games, you know, out at, or, or, uh, promote games with specific traits or characteristics that you feel would benefit your child. And from the kid's perspective, they're not seeing really anything different aside from loading up a different app in order to get into Roblox. Exactly. And, you know, if Kenjo's doing its job correctly, they're definitely seeing better experiences. You know, I think with uh, 40 million options available on Roblox. Yeah. You know, there's like this uh, choice overload, but also finding quality games, I think is particularly hard because we know that Roblox is promoting experiences just that have a lot of users on them. Mm -hmm. So if a game is particularly popular, that game goes to the, to the top of the list. It doesn't always mean that it has the highest learning value um, okay. or that it's providing the most challenge um, for your child. Okay. What is the best way for parents to learn more information about uh, Kinjo? I think Kinjo.com pretty much sums it up. It gives you um, a pretty up-to-date um, look at the Kinjo Insights page so you can get a preview of what it is that you'd be getting week over week. Mm -hmm. um, and then I highly recommend that parents just go check out our blog. Um, we cover everything from the most popular games, so things that you're like, what is this game about? Mm -hmm. um, my child is talking about it agnosium. Um, we'll, we'll go cover that. We also cover things like Roblox settings. How do I make sure that the account of Roblox is set up in a way that keeps my child safe? Um, and then oh, we look okay. at, you know, how do we rate games and kind of the science behind some of the things that we're doing from a learning perspective. Okay. So our, our blog just has tons of resources for parents. And that, and that's on the Kinjo site? Yes, it's on oh. Kinjo.com. Okay. So it's K-I-N-J-O.com. All right. Um, do you, do you have plans on moving this to Android? Uh, we do have a wait list with a couple thousand, um, users already on it. Okay. Um, so we are definitely, um, going to be 
moving over to Android at some point, hopefully in the near future. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much. I really appreciate uh, your time. And this is such, this is such a cool idea because I mean, kids are playing video games anyways, right? I mean, that's just sort of the way it is, especially if they're neurodivergent, they tend to gravitate more to that type of interaction. And, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to have more insights into what they're doing and even have some influence over what they're doing and what they're learning while they're playing. So this is a really, this is a really cool thing. Well, thank you. You know, I think ultimately our goal is just to give kids the ability to really uh, take ownership of their time Mm -hmm. um, and to put something that's kind of um, digestible in front of them. You know, a flame rating, I think is, is really straightforward. Eventually we'll have a skill tree. um, And so they'll be able to navigate their own learning journey as well. Oh, that's really cool. The skill tree thing is really cool. That there's, that's a cool idea. That's a really cool idea. All right. Well, thank you very, very much. I'll have all of the links and information in the show notes. You guys can just kind of click on it and go uh, check Kenjo out. And yeah. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. Before I let you go, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to tune in today. It means a lot to me. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I put a lot of time and energy into each one of these episodes because I want there to be a resource for you that wasn't available for me when I was going through this with my kids. And, you know, I I want there to be a positive impact on your lives. I want you to be able to learn something and enjoy what you're hearing. So uh, thank you again. I really appreciate it. For more information, you can visit theautismdad.com. You can subscribe on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps. And uh, I will talk to you next week. Thank you. Bye.